Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, welcome along to Writer's Routine. My name's Dan Simpson. This is your bonus bite, a little sneak peek into an author's day. Uh, It's our random routine. This week it's from Val McDermid. Uh, She joined us back in 2019, one of the most successful crime authors in the world. Her novels have been translated into 40 languages. Uh, They've sold over 15 million copies now, which show no sign of slowing down. She's written procedural crime, cold case crime... Uh, even penned the first ever cynical socialist, lesbian, feminist journalist. Uh, her newest novel came out last year. It's called Still Life. It's a Karen Pirrie story. Uh, she's got another one out mid-August in, in just over a month or so, I think. Now, in this clip from the main episode, it, it's just the routine. We talk about why she doesn't get much done before 11. Also, the big moments of how her writing life has changed over more than 30 novels. And she chats about the time that she had to run away to get the words down. Now, if you enjoy this episode, it's very quick, a little bit of inspiration to help you out right at the start of the day before you crack on with your words. You can always leave us a review on Apple Podcast uh, and you can support us at patreon.com forward slash writers routine if you fancy. Uh, In the meantime, here's the queen of crime, Val McDermid, and just her routine. get up, I get in the shower, um, I get dressed, I go upstairs, I have a cup of coffee, I make my porridge, I have a second cup of coffee, I eat my porridge, um, I'll look at the morning papers online, um, I'll probably read some of whatever it is I'm reading at the time, and I'll go upstairs to my office about 10 o'clock, and first thing I do is check my emails, uh, look at Twitter, uh, and then read through what I did the day before, and I might go further back than just what I did the day before, depending on, <coughs> excuse me, depending on uh, when I am up to in the book, because I like to, every now and again, I'll print out a chunk of like the last fifty, sixty pages and read it through to see what the continuity is like, to make sure I haven't left the story strand alone, alone for too long, or I haven't refer, haven't failed to refer to a character for too long. So just keeping it all coherent, keeping it all moving. And then I start writing seldom before about 11 o'clock. Uh, I don't think I've ever written a decent sentence before 11 o'clock in the morning. Um, I just My brain just doesn't start working. Um, and I, I, I tend to write in 20-minute bursts. 
Um, so I'll write for 20 minutes and then I'll do something else. So it might be deal with my email, it might be go and make another cup of coffee, it might be go to the post office, it might be go to the shop and get another bottle of milk, um, something of that sort. I have a standing desk as well in my office, so I try to get up and go to the standing desk and I'll play a sort of you know stupid little computer game for 20 minutes and then go back to work. So that's how the day unfolds in these 20 minute chunks and then a break and 20 minute chunks and you know, at some point I'll have lunch, um, and it's and I'll usually usually finish about somewhere about about seven o'clock, and either I'll cook the tea or I'll go and annoy my partner while she's cooking the tea, and then we eat together and um, probably watch some TV. Or if I'm going really well, I'll go back and work, maybe till midnight or one in the morning if it's if it's going well and I feel like I've got more to say. So you're certainly putting the hours in. The, the, the short space of time that, you know, these 20-minute chunks, mm. with all due respect, that is, it is quite a short amount of time to sit there and bash out some words. How are you using those 20 minutes as effectively as they could be? I mean, you, you're, you're so many books down now. Have you learned how to, you know, write the story that you want to write first time? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it goes down, um, you know, sort of like bang, 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 and then... I've done enough. I can't. I've done enough concentrating. I need to put my mind somewhere else. Park the next bit while I'm. I'm. The rest of my mind is dealing with something else. So the wheels at the back of my head, if you like, the subconscious wheels, can get turning and get the next bit lined up. So I sit down and I'm ready to roll. Some days it's really. I mean, some days. Some days I'm lucky if it's a thousand words, especially when it's towards the beginning of the book. And some days I might do five thousand words. And what's your edit like? Um, well, because I, I edit as I go, um, I, I revise, as I said, in the morning before I start. Um, and then I, I get to the end of the first draft, I do a read-through edit, and then off it goes. When I speak to authors much like yourself, who are incredibly prolific and have been successful over quite a time, I always like to tr- try and figure out how the writing routine has changed along the way. So if I can try and draw you back to your first book, this would have been Report for Murder? Yeah. Talk to me about how that got itself down. What was your writing routine like back then? Well, nobody knows what process works for them when they're writing their first book. You just shamble along and yet you kind of uh, assimilate things that you've heard other writers say or that you've read other writers saying um, and, and think you, you know how you're supposed to do it. I mean, I wrote my first book in fountain pen on fool's cap paper because I thought that's what you did. Um, and I, I made lots of corrections as I went along uh, in different coloured inks. Um, and then I, I typed it up and then I made a lot more corrections, um, some of them in ink, some of them on typing paper, some of them sellotaped in place, some of them written on the back of the typescript. And then I, then I typed it all up again um, and I made more corrections. And uh, the final uh, time I, I, I got it typed up by a friend of mine um, who had better secretarial skills than me and made fewer typing errors than I did. And so that was how I, I, I did it the first time. By the second book, I had discovered the word processor. I mean, we're talking the late 1980s here. There wasn't much in the way of computer technology, but because I worked in journalism and we had um, we had computer technology by then, I understood the advantages of doing that. So I, I bought myself an Amstrad PCW and used that until I got my first PC, which was probably about four years later. Let me take you back to the first one. I, I, you would have had a full-time job at this point? Yeah, I wrote on Monday afternoons. Oh, so brilliant. So how long then did it take you to get out that, I mean, a 300-odd page first novel when you're only allowing yourself to write half of one day a week? 
Um, I, I, I wrote the first draft of Report for Murder probably in, over the space of about two years, and then there was about another year or so revising it and rewriting it and, and um, getting it into a shape that I thought I could send out to people. And then it was about a year and a half in the, in the editorial process at the Women's Press. You've mentioned the advent of the word processor for you. Mm. Uh, if, if you can, can you try and... This might be quite hard to unpick. To try and take me through the key moments of how your storytelling process has changed throughout your 30-odd novels. Uh, because obviously there would have come a point where you're no longer working full-time. You are a writer. This is what you do. How has that changed for you? Well, I think by the time I got to the end of the first novel, I realised that uh, I had wasted a lot of time by not planning at all. I mean, I kind of knew broadly what the story was. I knew who was going to be dead and, and how they got dead and, and, and who killed them. But um, I didn't know any of the ins and outs. I didn't really know who the characters were. and I, I wasted a lot of time, wrote myself into blind alleys. And I thought by the time I came to the second book, I really should plan it out a bit better. So by the second book, I, I, I wrote about a page of A4 of, of an outline. And that helped quite a lot, but it still wasn't enough. So by the time I got to the third novel, um, I was planning it out really carefully. Um, I, I used to use file cards. And I'd have a file card for every section or every chapter. Um, and when I started writing the Kate Brannigan novels, because they are multi-stranded plots, uh, I started writing them on. I uh, started planning them out on different coloured file cards. So I'd have a pile of blue ones and a pile of yellow ones and a pile of pink ones. It was a bit like Countdown, you know. I'll have <laughs> two from the blue pile and one from the pink pile, Carol. You know, until it made a sort of narrative sense in my head. And I would start at the beginning and I would work my way through the plot to the end. Um, and that worked very well for me. It felt um, it felt like having a roadmap. You know, some people say, "Oh, if I plotted it out like that, I would I would be too bored to write it." But I I, I found quite the opposite. I found it a kind of safety net. Um, it was like I knew I knew I had that um, road to follow. So I knew if I took a diversion along the way, which I quite often did because I thought of a better way of doing something or a more interesting way of getting to a particular point in the story. But I knew where I was always coming back to on the story spine. So it was it was actually, it was like a security blanket almost. You know, I knew I couldn't get lost. Uh, and so I could move forward concentrating on dialogue, concentrating on character um, and, and move through to the end of the story. And that worked for me for a long time. It worked for about, I, I guess, about 14, 15 novels. And then it stopped working. And it literally just stopped dead. I was planning out a particular book and I... I planned out the first first third, um, maybe a bit more than the first third, and I just couldn't pin it down. It, it was like, you know when you're a kid at school and you've got a blob of mercury and you have to sort of chasing it around the lab bench? And it was like that. Every time I tried to pin it down, it would kind of skitter off and, and, and disappear from my grasp. And I was really struggling with it. Um, and I, I eventually I thought, well, I'll just, I'll just write as far as I've got and then I'll know what to do because... When I've been writing things on file cards, there was always a file card somewhere in the pile that says, something has to happen here, but I don't know what it is yet, but I'll know when I get there. And that had always worked and, and, and been effective, I suppose. Um, so I, I, I settled off, set off writing the book with the file cards, and I got to the point where the cards ran out and I didn't know what to do next. Uh, I was really struggling and stuck. I knew what the end of the book was. I knew who was committing these crimes and why they were committing them and who the victims were, but I couldn't figure out how to write my way through the middle section of the plot at all. Uh, and I was quite panicky. 
it wasn't like it wasn't. It was kind of weird. It wasn't a writer's block because I was writing other things, the other kind of things that that go on all the time when you're you're writing a novel. You know, short stories, the odd bit of journalism, the odd essay or whatever. Um, but I could not pin down this this novel, and I was really starting to panic. You know, and every now and again, my editor would ring up for a cosy little chat, and I'd go, "Yes, I'm writing. Everything's fine," which was a lie because it wasn't. Um, and eventually, I I had a few a couple of weeks to go to my deadline, and and I was in a state of complete and utter panic, and I ran away. Um, I went off to a place that I I go and stay in Italy, um, which is uh, two miles up a dirt road. Um, at the time, there was no phone, no radio, no TV, no internet, no nothing, um, and uh, I just said, I said I'm going to I'm going to make myself right every morning. So I got up every morning, and I sat down with my laptop, and I worked until half past seven at night, and I had a shower, and I had one of Mama Rosa's home cooked dinners and a bottle of red wine, and I went to bed and got up in the morning and did it all over again, and uh, I somehow, somehow. F- forced my way through to the end of the book I wrote 65,000 words in nine days which is insane uh, and at the end of it I, I couldn't even speak in sentences you know the last day uh, I was there I, I thought I'm going to Siena and have a nice wander around nice cup of coffee sitting um, in La Placia de Senoria and I got up that morning and I just I, I, I just went and sat by the swimming pool with my mouth open all day couldn't even read um, and I sent this this first draft off to my editor. Um, I didn't even have time for a proper read through. And uh, I got back and 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 she called me up and said, oh, "This is the best first draft you ever handed in." And I was thinking, "Oh God, no! Is this what it's going to be like from now on?" You know, <laughs> I thought I could just go back to the way it was before, but it just didn't work for me like that anymore. So now uh, I write in a much more free form. Um, I kind of know the broad sweep of the story. I know the arc of the story. Um, I I know who gets dead basically I know who did it and I know why they did it uh, and I know maybe three or four of the crucial turning points of the story along the way I know whose book it is uh, and, 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 and that's, that's about it and then I start writing and that is it for this week's bonus bite the random routine from Val McDermid if you enjoyed that you've got a full on 45 minute plus deep dive into the writing day with Val uh, find it wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a follow there. It's from ooh, uh, April, April 2019. So you might need to flick just a little way back. Now this week on the show on Friday, you can hear a brand new episode with Alexis Landor talking about her new book, Those Who Are Saved. In the meantime, if you can follow us on your podcast feed, make sure you do. You'll never have to download an episode. It will do it for you. You can always support us at patreon.com forward slash writers routine and give us a follow on Twitter. We are at writers pod there. I will see you Friday with Alexis Landor on the show. Until then, bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.